to the Cultural Shift Podcast. We have an awesome and exciting episode for you today. We're going to talk all about how to have a high-performing team. As we mentioned in last episode, hiring the right candidate really is the foundational piece that you're going to need to be successful in your organization. But what does it mean to have the high-performing organization or, or team how do you get there? What are some things that you can do to be successful with your organization and with your team? Those are some of the topics we're going to really dive into today and really talk from some experiences, some stories, those sorts of things. And as always, if you find this interesting or have any questions, feel free to shoot me a, shoot me a message and I'll try to answer those to the best of my ability. Before I jump into my most recent team, I'd like to really take a step back and talk about one of the more interesting experiences I've ever had. Uh, a few years ago, I was actually tasked to take over a, a terminal, and this was a, in bulk handling and really working off the Mississippi River. And so we had all sorts of heavy equipment, a small small team uh, and, and really it I was coming in as a person that was there to fix some issues that they had within the terminal uh, there was an injury uh, there was some lack of documentation those sorts of things and so my experience and, and my expertise really started to develop in, in this environment and it was one that Honestly, you could say it was always a life or death kind of day. Uh, you never knew really what you were going to get. You never really knew kind of what challenges were going to be thrown your way. But what I did know was a couple things. I knew the team that I had, and I knew the equipment that I had. And so one of the things that I really looked at was how do I put the right pieces in the right places, and how do I instill trust in them? Because... You know, I'm coming into this situation after they've had a pretty traumatic experience and they lost their terminal manager, they lost uh, all sorts of customers. It was, it was a very challenging time. And so not knowing what the future held, one of the things that we could do was really look at what we had control over. And one of the things that just really stood out to me, I guess I was about three months into this, and I pulled our supervisor uh, supervisor over to one day, and I said, hey, man, um, you know, what do you think about this? And, and he goes, what do you mean, what do I think about this? And I said, well, you know, really... You're the one that has been here the longest. You've been here almost 40 years. What What is your opinion on it? I don't, I'm not the expert on what we do. And we had a long conversation, and he kind of basically stated, well, I've had nobody ask me that in the 40 years I've ever been here. Nobody's ever put their trust in me to be successful. And we talked about how you can take your team and put them in those right places and how do you push them to the next level? And there was a couple things that I, I learned out of all of that. And it's one that you've got to 
trust and you've got to instill trust in the people that have been there the longest as well as really looking on how you can leverage that experience with your new employees that's number one and number two you really need to be able to get out in the field or whatever work environment roll your sleeves up and do the job that the people that you have working for you are doing oftentimes what happens is as folks grow and climb the managerial ladders they sort of lose sight and lose touch of what actually is going on within their their realm or their uh, scope of work and it really causes a disconnect between what they think should be happening and what is truly feasible uh, one of the perfect examples of this is we had to turn around a, a shipment of a rail car out and it was it was raining it was cold it was miserable and one of the things that I made sure of is one that I was out there with them for as many hours as I possibly could and two I made sure that I had my strongest people spread across and so I didn't have two shifts where one was like the A team and the other one was the B team no we had two shifts that could equally be the A team and we all worked together and communication was key to that success and while it was absolutely miserable we actually hit the target we had a good you know a relatively good time and we had some stories that came out of that and some experiences but what was fascinating to me is because of the little things the the making sure that your people are taken care of the instillment of trust and understanding and the ability to be out there with them and, and work with them side by side really made that team cohesive and strong and that was when I left that team that was one of the things that they sort of had talked about with me and I still am in contact with them uh, on a fairly regular basis I check in on them and make sure that everything's still going good and just letting them know that I care about them and so when I try to boil that down into some bullet points of things that could be useful um, it, it's one make sure that you're never asking somebody to do something that you wouldn't do and number two make sure that you understand what it is that you're asking your teams to do i.e. get out there and roll your sleeves up and try to do some of the work that they are trying to do on a day in and day out basis and number three really it's communication and letting them literally dictate where we're going and how we're going to get to the end game uh, you know I would give them hey we need to do X Y and Z and we got to get it done by this time how are we going to do it and they would come up with a plan and I took those concepts into the next endeavor that I had and what was interesting is that while it was a completely separate and different realm there was a lot of similarities on how to make your team successful and so the next endeavor that I really jumped into was a completely separate and unique line of business uh, I went from this terminaling business over to uh, an insurance business and so the and there was another distinct difference um, when I went to the terminaling business I was entering into a, a workforce that had already had a lot of trauma they were already established there was a lot of seniority 
but it was also a small team, but they were having a lot of challenges. And so not only were you having to combat the challenges, you were also trying to figure out how am I going to make this into a, a team that is going to be an outperformer. Whereas the new Endeavor, I was building this out entirely from scratch. Uh, we had different ideas of where we were going to head, but ultimately it was one of those things where we were building it out kind of as we went. And so I was really taking those principles that I had learned through some of my earlier experiences and applying them to this role. And, you know, in my real younger days, I was a, uh, was over a, a bigger team and I, I was, I was a jerk. I, there's no other way to word that. And so, you know, I really tried to take the culmination of all the different learning avenues that I had and bring it to this team. And this team I would put up against any team in the nation as far as how are they going to perform, what are their innovative tasks that they're going to come up with, um, how they communicate, how they cohesively work together, and ultimately how they care about each other almost as a family. You always hear that cliche, oh, we're a team, we're a family, and very seldom do you actually see that. Um, this group, we were building from scratch, so I really had to look at making sure that we had the right pieces, and that's where the interview techniques came in, because there were certain things that I were looking at for certain positions and looking for those that you can develop and those that already maybe had certain characteristics that you were wanting to have in play. And without going into too much of that detail, and we'll save that for another podcast, I do want to focus in on the empowerment concept and how do you take your team and allow them to flourish. And there's a couple things that we talk about on a routine basis is that we're going to under promise and over deliver that that's number one number two we're going to make sure that we know what we can and can't achieve we don't want to put ourselves in a position where we're going to you know commit to something that we may or may not be able to hit like we need to know that we're going to hit that target before we ever take off into the whatever project it is that we're, we're going after and number three is really all about that that ownership component and allowing the team to really dictate how they're going to communicate, how they're going to make sure that you know the tasks are done, and how they're going to communicate with their business owners. And that is a very different approach than what the rest of the organization takes on. Whereas there's not a lot of micromanagement within our team. Um, they really do drive their own success and they're going to drive their innovation. And so how do we do that? How do, how do we instill that? Well, one is I turn the ownership over to them. They're going to be the ones that are talking to business owners. If they get into a, a binder, if they get into a, a snag or what have you, that's when I would step in. But until then, they know what they're going to do. I trust that whatever they tell me is going to be what uh, what really needs to happen. 
Second part of that is there's I know pretty much every aspect of the job that we have. It doesn't mean that I'm the best at it, and by no means am I. But I do understand what it takes to do the job. And so I can help be that buffer to senior leadership while allowing them to run with it and to make the decisions that they need to make. Another key component behind that is the trust factor. And that is something that you really set in the interview process. And the way that I run the interviews is the teams are there, they're talking, they're interacting with the interviewee, they're understanding. But there's the method to the madness is that they know that I know what needs to happen. And they know that I'm going to back them up. And so they want to make sure that the person that is coming in is going to be of the same caliber and of the same mindset of, hey, we have a job to do and we're going to get it done. Now, the last thing about this is flexibility and understanding. Oftentimes, we have the mindset that you have to do X, Y, and Z, and you have to do it in X, Y, and Z order, when in reality, we're all human. We all have the ability to think through problems. We all have the ability to figure out where we need to go and how we need to get there. And so I put that ownership back on the team. I'll present a problem to them, and they'll come back with to me with, hey, this is what we think we can do and how we can do it. I challenge them on it, make sure that it is sound, but ultimately they're the ones that are going to run with it. And so that is a, a uniquely different approach than a lot, of, a lot of people do. I don't necessarily care if you're in your seat. 24 hours a day or 8 hours a day or whatever the work hours are, ultimately it's about getting the job done. And if you can figure out a way to get the job done in a shorter amount of time than what it takes somebody else, then by all means, I'm game. Let's do it. That means that we're going to have the opportunity to look at new things. We're going to have the opportunity to be innovative. We're going to have the opportunity to really just set the bar and keep pushing it higher. Why? Because we're not constricted to some ideology that your leader has. It's never been about that. It's always about you know innovation and pushing the envelope forward and figuring out the best way to accomplish something. And those things are all things that translate no matter what industry you're in. You're in. It could be you know the oil and gas industry, or it could be a, you know the running power lines. It can be Working in insurance, it could be office work, out in the field work. It's all about innovation. It's all about understanding the easiest way to do it. Work smarter, not harder. All of those concepts. But oftentimes what gets lost in the corporate world is, well, you need to do it my way. And you need to do it how I would do it. But if you do that, you take away the creative prowess that you truly want out of your team. You take away their ability to be autonomous. So you take away their ability to honestly think and, and do for themselves. And so when you really think through this, when you want to be a leader and you want to get the highest 
forming team that you can is about setting yourself up for success. So getting the right pieces in play, allowing free communication, allowing unique ideas and perspectives, and providing the sandbox in which your team to play, which your team is going to play in. So you're not, you're providing the structure. That's all, that's what leadership is about, is providing that structure. It's not about, hey, you need to be on the phone 28 minutes of, you know, an hour, and you got to do X, Y, and Z, and whatever it might be. It's, they know what the job is, it has to be done. It's about you being the support for them, and them knowing that they have somebody that has their back. If you do those things and you really understand what it takes for your employees to do the job, you have a real good shot of pushing your team to, to the next level. And it's all about the team. It's all about making sure that they are as taken care of as you can possibly be. And they know that no matter what you're trying or you have their back. If you do that, if you have their back, you're already ahead of the game.